We actually started writing this book uh, not before the 2016 election, but after the 2008 election, when a lot of people who wanted to change policy in a progressive direction after Obama got elected sort of went to Washington to try to change things there. And my view was that really what we should have done is go back to communities to do the kind of community organizing and social movement mobilization that would have provided wind to Obama's sails when he was right and held him accountable when he was wrong. And it seemed to me important to stress the role of community organizing in the way in which California itself had gone from some very pessimistic days of the early 1990s when we passed Proposition 187, uh, stripping services away from undocumented uh, folks in California, uh, eliminated bilingual education, eliminated affirmative action, and that movement from that period to where we are today seemed to me to be driven a lot about by community organizing. So what I wanted to do was to tell that story of California as a way of making sure, because I, I assume like everyone else, Hillary Clinton was going to win and that people would make the same mistake again. Trump won, uh, and it became an even larger clarion call for doing that kind of organizing and grassroots change. People forget that California gave the nation, Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, uh, tax cuts, small government, and a series of racial propositions in the early 1990s. And now, California is one of the first two states in the union to raise its minimum wage to $15 an hour. Uh, it's a state that declared its lack of cooperation with Immigration and Customs Enforcement with a piece of legislation called the California Values Act. Boy, that's symbolic. Uh, it's a state that's been committed to de-incarceration, needs to do more, but it's moving in that direction. And it's a state that's committed to addressing climate change. That's a remarkable transformation. And some people think it happened just because the state changed demographically. But Texas hasn't changed, and it's experienced just as much demographic change. So what we do in the book is try to point to the sort of economic factors that made a difference, the political factors that made a difference, including the rise of term limits, which made it possible for community organizers to run for office and sort of shoot up to the top of the political system very quickly. But most of all, we stress the grassroots organizing that actually tried to touch people's hearts, to try to engage new and occasional voters, to try to change the electorate and change opinion. I think what the nation can learn from California, it's already starting to learn. If you look at the 2018 midterm elections, uh, the grassroots organizing that went on to engage people a long time before the election, the way of trying to speak authentically to what people's concerns are, and the idea that you should campaign everywhere, that's exactly what progressives tried in California in the 90s, aughts, and teens, which was to uh, bring out new and occasional voters, not simply to try to say, who votes with us, let's make sure they show up, but to try to touch people who had never voted before, to try to change the rhetoric, to try to move the middle rather than to move to the middle, to try to talk about dreamers, to try to talk about marriage equality, to try to talk about the importance of people working and needing to be above the poverty line and therefore needing to change the minimum wage, that moving to the middle was important, and then also beginning a political strategy of running everywhere. Another thing I think that's really important for the rest of the nation is there's a tendency to look at California 
I think it's a one-off. Certainly, there's a lot of unique things to this state. Um, the you know fact that you can put ballot propositions on the a ballot that folks can do that, and that can kind of bring folks out and change the electorate. Uh, certainly, in in some ways, we're a more liberal state. In other ways, uh, we've um, you know uh, had the benefits of some demographic change, so that the demographic change in California between the year 1980 and 2000 is demographic change in the United States is going to between 2000 and 2050. In fact, the way I try to think about it is California's America, except earlier. So one of the things I think is that people say, well, I don't know how we can take these lessons and apply them elsewhere. But again, it's really important to remember that we generated anti-immigrant hysteria throughout the rest of the nation. We over-incarcerated faster, more dramatically, with more racial disparities, and then the nation followed suit. We cut our taxes and starved our government, and the nation followed suit. So we exported a lot of bad things. It's now time for us to export some good things. And I think you can take the lessons of the organizing in California, tweak them so that they fit the sort of political and demographic circumstances of your particular state, and really move forward. Now, this doesn't mean that California's gotten everything right. California may have changed its politics and its political tone, but it's the fourth most unequal state in the United States. It's got the highest rate of poverty once you control for housing costs, uh, and it's got a tremendous uh, legacy of undocumented immigrants feeling insecure and of over-incarceration. So what I think is the big task for California right now is to demonstrate what can be done now that we've got a different kind of politics. How do we invest in early education? How do we really make immigrant Californians feel like they're a part of the state and will be a part of the state? How do we have successful reentry programs for those who are living, leaving these incarceration systems? And how do we, and I think this is really important for this particular audience, take a lot of mainstream organizations and help them adapt to the changing demographics and the changing circumstances. So, you know, it's marvelous that the aquarium has tried to reach out and make sure that everyone in Long Beach and in the South Bay area feels like this is their aquarium. Uh, it's really marvelous understanding that not everybody has the money to get here and what are you going to have to do to reach out to particular communities and particular kids so that they can enjoy this kind of an experience. 